everyone welcome back to another episode of half buds and happy meals uh yeah so you probably might be wondering where i was for the past two weeks uh yeah i guess life hit me hard <laughs> i'm sorry i wasn't able to post for two weeks yeah uh, yeah i've been posted for two weeks i think this is the third week but i didn't want to delay anymore so I um, just wanted to give you a quick update on what's going on and how much time I might be off uh, posting uh, so if you don't see another episode uh, don't worry I'm still here I'm not gonna leave this podcast this soon um, I just wanted to let you know that I probably won't be posting regularly you know, maybe once in two weeks, if I get time, and I'll probably make time for a chapter or two. Uh, so, if I don't post regularly, I'm sorry, but it's just not possible right now because I'm, I have other things to do. I have college, I have uh, extra classes, everything. I have so many things, and um, podcasting is just a separate thing that I do just to uh so i i can keep creating content more content so um i really like podcasting i do uh i'm not uh, i'm not saying podcasting isn't my cup of tea but it just um i cannot post as frequently as i'd hoped so if you um if you do see an episode on your feed it will most it'll definitely be on wednesdays um I'm not sure when, maybe 10, 10 a.m. IST, uh, that's the normal time I post. It won't be posted on uh, 10 a.m. IST, this episode, uh, but it'll be on a Wednesday. So, Also, if you want to listen to any more podcasts, uh, because uh, you, can't, like, you can't wait for any more episodes, there's tons of Percy Jackson podcasts out there, like the best damn camp pod the newest olympian um you can i'll link some of them in the episode descriptions uh you can go check them out on any of your podcasting services if you don't if you can't wait for my uploads because i won't be consistent with them those podcasts are consistent and they have a lot of episodes out already so you can go listen to them so please go and do that um and yeah so Without any further ado, let's get into chapter 10. And of course, uh, there'll be one chapter today. I can't do two, but I hope you enjoy nonetheless. Let's get into it. So let's get into chapter 10. I ruin a perfectly good bus. And yeah, we're back to the good chapter titles. Finally, I ruin a perfectly good bus. I wonder what's going to happen in this chapter. So, we start off with Percy packing for his quest, because in the last chapter, if you remember, we left off with Percy receiving a quest from the Oracle, and Annabeth and Grover accompanying him on the quest. So we have a trio now. That's great. Uh, so we see him packing. He decides to leave the Minotaur horn behind. Uh, I don't get that decision necessarily because I thought he would take it that's his like last uh, memory of his mom so I guess 
I I thought he would take it, but I guess not. And uh, Percy says that the camp store loaned him a hundred dollars and twenty golden drachmas. The golden drachmas are like the currency of the Greeks, I guess. But this is what I don't get. You know, the quest is for ten days, ten days, and the camp only gave them a hundred dollars. Even even if they gave each of them a hundred dollars. That is still not enough money for 10 days. You know, food, water, those things cost a lot. So, uh, I don't get this decision. And, and like, uh, reading this, it, it seems like they only gave the three of them in total $100. So that is, that is just not enough for 10 days worth of questing. You know, that is that is a lot of time to be outside with only a hundred dollars and twenty golden drachmas. And mostly you're gonna be in the mortal world, so you're gonna have to do mortal transactions with mortal money, so oh god, okay. I don't get that. And uh, the camp store also gave them ambrosia, so we find out that ambrosia can heal almost any injury, however bad it might be, but you have to use it in moderation. If you use it too much then you literally burn up and die. Woo, that is a lot. So definitely not uh, eating ambrosia squares as stacks. Let's keep that in mind, Percy. <laughs> um, so we see that Annabeth is bringing along her Yankees cap um, and she's bringing along a book. <laughs> That's funny uh, because she's gonna get bored. <laughs> It's weird. You're in a world filled with monsters. How can you get bored? Uh, okay. And she has her long bronze knife, of course. Her primary weapon. Um, and Grover's going to bring along his fake feet so that he can pass off as human in the mortal world. Uh, some trousers and a green Rasta-style cap so he can hide his horns. Uh, and he has reed pipes that his daddy goat gave him. Maybe daddy goat. Okay. That's a weird phrase. Maybe papa goat would be a better phrase. He can only play two songs on the reed pipes. Those are Mozart's Piano Concerto Number no. 12 and Hilary Duff's So Yesterday. So I have not heard any of those. I have not heard both of those songs. So I don't know. Any of the references in this book, I will not get. Because... I, I am not that old. I'm 19, so I was born in 2002. So I, 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 I won't get these references. Um, and uh, I, I, I was not born in the U.S. because I think, so I won't get these references. So uh, they they go up to the pine tree, and they meet Chiron there. He's in his wheelchair form. Um, and uh, we see Argus too, the guy with like uh, hundreds of eyes all over his body. And this is one of the many dad jokes that Rick, Rick makes in this book. So let's see what it is. So Chiron says, this is Argus. He will drive you into the city and, er, well, keep an eye on things. You couldn't resist, could you, Rick? 
you're like I I gotta throw that one in there that's gonna get laughs um, and after that we see Luke uh, he gives um, Percy a gift uh, he hands him sneakers that winged sneakers that uh, if you give them a command word Maya they fly white bird wings sprouted out of the heels startling me so much I dropped them the shoes flapped around on the ground until the wings folded up and disappeared um, so Luke said this was a gift from his dad Hermes but he doesn't use it anymore because he doesn't go on quests a lot so and directly after Luke leaves so Percy realizes that he really can't use these sneakers uh, Percy's Percy's really smart in this instance because um, he understands that uh, just just a while ago Chiron said that you can't go on a plane you can't go in the sky because Zeus is your dad's like sworn enemy so um, so you can't take to the skies and Luke's given him something that will probably get him killed if he uses it but instead of being uh, sad about it, it, Percy just hands them to Grover, which is great. But Grover still needs some practice, of course. <laughs> Chiron gives uh, Percy a gift. It's the pen that uh, Percy uh, uh, killed Mrs. Dodds with back at the Metropolitan Museum. It's the same pen, and when he opens the cap, it transforms into a sword um, he describes it as in half a second I held a shimmering bronze sword with a double-edged blade a leather-wrapped grip and a flat hilt riveted with gold studs it was the first weapon that actually felt balanced in my hand so I think Percy talked about when he was training that none of the swords felt balanced in his hands and this is the first one that feels actually balanced and that he can actually use properly. Um, and Chiron says the Greek name of the sword is Anaklosmos. Is that the right pronunciation? I'm not sure. I mean I don't know Greek so Anaklosmos. Anaklosmos. I think that's right. So it translates into Riptide. Um, yeah, that is a that is a cool sword name, right? Riptide. Who wouldn't want a sword named Riptide? Um, and Karan says like, use it only for emergencies. Don't use it anytime. And I'm like, okay, emergencies are gonna be the only time he uses it because whenever a monster is attacking, that's an emergency, right? So what else is he gonna use so he said yeah so no hero should harm mortals until absolutely necessary and i'm like why would it be necessary to harm a mortal <laughs> there must be some reasoning um but chiron explains that riptide wouldn't harm mortals even if you wanted it to so he explains that the sword passes through mortals like smoke uh, so it doesn't actually harm him, harm them. Uh, and he reminds uh, him that uh, he, as a demigod, is susceptible to both celestial bronze and mortal weapons. 
so he can be killed by a bolt. That's like a lose-lose situation right there. Um, and Percy's and Percy's uh, worried that he'll lose the sword because he's notorious at losing pens. Same Percy, I hear you. Uh, but uh, Riptide has another feature: you cannot lose it. So Percy throws the sword. Percy throws the pen into the creek, and we see it disappear. And then it reappears back in his pocket after a while. So that's that's a handy feature. Percy asks a good question. Uh, so he's like, "Okay, that's really cool, but what if someone sees me pull out a sword? Like, won't that be really bad?" Um, and Kyron's like, "No, the mist is there. The mist." So he Kyron explains the mist. So he he says, "Yes, read the Iliad." It's full of references to the stuff. Whenever divine or monstrous elements mix with the mortal world, they generate mist, which obscures the vision of humans. You will see things just as they are, being half-blood, but humans will interpret things quite differently. Remarkable, really, the lengths to which humans will go to to fit things into their version of reality. So, so mist is really powerful, basically, so even if a half-blood pulls out a sword or kills someone in front of a mortal, they won't see a thing, which is weird to say the least. <laughs> they leave the camp. So um, Chiron sends them off on the quest, Argus drives them to the countryside and into the west, into western Long Island, and on the ride there, Percy and Annabeth discuss why why they have such a rivalry like right from the beginning why they're why they're rivals basically so Annabeth says that Athena and Poseidon aren't really on good terms so she she mentions one situation so how many reasons do you want she said one time my mom caught Poseidon with his girlfriend in Athena's temple which is hugely disrespectful Another time, Athena and Poseidon competed to be the patron god for the city of Athens. Your dad created some stupid saltwater spring for his gift. My mom created the olive tree. The people saw that her gift was better, so they named the city after her. Okay, yeah, I know that legend. That legend is pretty uh, uh, famous. So, Athens, Athena, they named after her because she created the olive tree. And Percy's like, okay, olives? They must really like olives. Now, if she invented pizza, that that I could understand. I, I see you, Percy. <laughs> Pizza's great. Um, so, Argus dropped them off uh, at a Greyhound station, and Percy sees a flyer of him uh, next to his house. Uh, like, he... close to his house. I mean, he's not, like, right next to it. He's, like, a few blocks away. Um, and, uh, he, uh, he's thinking about Smelly Gabe and his mom, and Grover's like, I know what you're thinking about. You're like, why did your mom marry Smelly Gabe? Oh, yes, we're finally getting some answers. Yes, come on. Uh, so we find out that Percy's mom married Smelly Gabe because... Smelly Gabe has such a human stench. 
that it obscures Percy from the monsters. So, um, uh, Grover says, your mom married Gabe for you. You call him smelly, but you've got no idea. The guy has this aura. Yuck. I can smell him from here. I can smell traces of him on you, and you haven't been here near him for a fortnight. So basically, um, Gabe's aura is so repulsive that it masks the presence of a demigod. So that's huge. So it basically makes Percy invisible to monsters. So the monsters can't track him, and that's why the monsters haven't been able to find him for so long, and that's why Sally has been able to keep him near her for so long. Makes sense now. Um, and so Percy reiterates that he does not care about saving the world, finding the bolt, or making things good with his dad. Um, if his dad had wanted to make things good between them, he would have sent in a lousy child support check. You know, he would have done something, but he was, he only cared about his mom, and, uh, he only cares about his mom, I'm sorry, cares about his mom, and, uh, Hades had taken her unfairly, and Hades was going to give her back. I like your determination, Percy, I like your determination. Okay, so they finally get on the bus, the Greyhound. And as soon as they do, shit hits the fan. But are we surprised? <laughs> so Annabeth spots an old lady walking down the aisle of the bus. And she gestures to Percy, and Percy looks at her. And she looks exactly the same as Mrs. Dodds. A little older, but... it's She's the same. It was Mrs. Dodds. Older, more withered, but definitely the same evil face. Um, and behind Mrs. Dodds, two old ladies came, uh, two old ladies stood up, and they looked exactly like her, so these are the three furies, I'm supposed. So Percy's like, oh my god, you said that once you kill a monster, that they could be dispelled for like an eternity or something. <laughs> and it's like, that's only if you're lucky, Percy, you obviously aren't. I mean, if... To be fair, if Percy had been lucky this whole book, there wouldn't be a book, right? We're counting on his unluck, unluckiness to get as a good book to read. <laughs> so, uh, so they're trying to find a ways out. There's no back exits. There's there's no way they can they can go out the back of the bus. Um, and um, Percy's like, okay, okay. Even if they attack us, there are witnesses around. They won't attack, right? Like, all these mortals. And Annabeth's like, don't, please, don't mention that again. The mist, don't you know? The mist is powerful. So the mortals won't see demon grandmothers attacking three half-bloods. They might see something else. Which is scary for... Because there's no witnesses. You can't do anything about it. You're all on, all on your own. So Mrs. Dodds and the three furies start walking down the aisle towards the demigods. And per Annabeth's, Annabeth says, okay, here, take my invisibility cap. They want you, so get out of here. We can handle them. Percy doesn't want to do this because he doesn't want to leave his friends behind. And I, I like that. I adore his qualities. Uh, he takes the cap. 
finally takes the cap and he puts it on and he starts creeping down the aisle um, and he gets to the front of the bus and as soon as he does we hear one of the furies screech out where is it where is it so I'm not sure but Percy isn't an it right he's a he so why would they be referring to it if they want Percy something to think about I guess um so Annabeth and Grover screams like the he's not here he's gone he's not here um and Percy does one of the stupidest things ever he pulls the wheel to the side he goes up to the driver and he pulls the wheel to the side come on Percy you gotta be smarter than that man if you crash the bus they're all gonna die okay whatever at, at least this saves them um and then after that he hits the emergency brake as well come on okay at least he hit the brakes you know he didn't hit the accelerator <laughs> that would have killed them um uh, so they take down the three furies mrs dodds uh he oh sorry he percy takes off his hat the yankees hat and he calls the three furies like hey come on pick on someone your own size um and mrs dodds says perseus jackson you have offended the gods you shall die uh so percy's like you she he uncaps riptide and he slices two of the furies into dust and mrs dodds is left and um they tie up mrs dodds with her own with her own whip and she's screaming zeus will destroy you she promised hades will have your soul <laughs> and percy yells out something in greek Bracus mias veskinini, which means eat my pants. <laughs> Such a Percy insult. Um, then th something weird happens. Thunder shook the bus. The hair rose on the back of my neck. Get out, Annabeth yelled at me. Now. I didn't need any encouragement. We rushed outside and found the other passengers wandering around in a daze, arguing with the driver or running around in circles yelling, we're gonna die. And then after that, uh, they realized that they left their, uh, they left their bags inside the bus, but before they could get them, lightning strikes. Um, and the windows of the bus explode and the passengers run for cover. And Annabeth, Grover, and Percy run for the trees because they realize that Mr. Dodds is calling for reinforcements. So in the end, I think Zeus did something. Why does Zeus want to interfere with this this quest? I don't understand. I mean, like, come on, Zeus, just give them a minute. They're they're trying to help you, and you're trying to kill them. Hmm. Okay. Okay, so finally, I, I love this chapter, you know, in this chapter we're getting into the um, the meat and potatoes of the quest. We're finally getting some action, finally, uh, and uh, some good story building. We're uh, getting some action set pieces. The, the bus wasn't that particularly great, felt a bit rushed for me in some portions, but I still enjoyed it. Um, 
we were introduced to the mist and one thing I didn't I forgot to mention I wrote down my notes uh, the Western civilization thing so Chiron brings this up a lot in this chapter when Percy asks like okay the gods are immortal so they'll live forever right nothing will happen so uh, Chiron states again that okay they travel with Western civilization so if anything happens to Western civilization they might fade so I don't I don't like this you know the whole Western civilization is the uh, centerpiece of everything that's happening uh, all the gods are centered around Western civilization nothing else is important that's the vibe it's giving me and I don't like that um, and I know that it's been rectified because uh, Rick has had other authors of other religions and other backgrounds write uh, in his uh, connected universe. So there's a lot of other books out there that that uh, give, give this, uh, uh, rectify this mistake. So that's fine. But um, I still don't like the whole Western civilization thing. I mean... W couldn't couldn't Rick just have said the modern world the modern world encompassing the whole world you know uh, instead of just westernizing it I, I get it he's trying to appeal to the western audience and uh, maybe when he's when he was writing this book he didn't know it was going to be that big or uh, you know he was just writing it because uh, his son wanted a bedtime story I think that's that's the reason so I get it. I I get his reasoning, but uh, I mean, he could have revised that before sending it to the uh, press and just printing it out. You know, modern world maybe. That's my only complaint. I I otherwise I really like this uh, chapter. Um. So yeah, that is it for today's episode. Um. I hope you guys enjoyed it. Uh, before we go, uh, I just wanted to uh, tell you guys a few things. Um, so, uh, if you like Percy Jackson and you want more content, not just like audio-wise, but just like uh, memes and stuff, uh, so you can follow my meme page. I'm at the damn PGO fan page. So is it isn't. Uh, there's a lot of underscores and everything in that. So I'll link it in the description. Uh, so you can go and follow that on Instagram and uh, I post memes there I'm active on there. So whenever I post I post like two or four memes uh, And I have like hundreds of posts by now 200 something posts So you can go check them out and you can get your uh, Daily dose of Percy Jackson content in and yeah, so uh, I hope you guys enjoyed this episode and thank you for supporting this podcast It means a lot to me um, as always, don't forget to leave a rating and review on your preferred podcasting apps, and I'll see you in the next one. This episode was edited and produced by yours truly. If you want to reach the show, you can email me at halfbloodsandhappymeals at gmail.com. Halfbloods and Happy Meals is available wherever you get your podcasts. The major platforms are Anchor, Spotify, Apple Podcasts, CastBox, Breaker, Radio Public, Overcast, Google Podcasts, Pocket Casts, and Stitcher. 
Don't forget to rate and review the podcast, and I'll see you on the flip side.